Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 191. And uh, Aaron, you know, we we had a week of hockey. We had uh, a couple games that were actually really surprising uh, one way or the other. And one game which may or may not have been uh, predicted by the great Paul Stradamos. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that uh, in, in just a bit here. Uh, before we do, a couple things. Uh, first of all, if you guys in the chat can please uh, get us out there to your Sharks friends and family, go ahead and hit the repost, retweet, share, whatever it is button. Uh, get that out to them. Uh, if you're going to be enjoying the show a little bit later on, you know that you will. Uh, please feel free to get them in here as well. Get the chat going. It's a whole lot more fun when uh, your Sharks friends and family are in here with you as well. Um, Aaron, we had a little bit of fun. We're going to kick off the show uh, with this, I, I know before, before, before I get to that, Nick, yes. Okay. Nick, you, you called me out. Yes. We want the new set. Hey, so do we buddy. We want the new set as well. Uh, we're, we are really very close. I know we said that in the last few episodes, we're on the cusp. Aaron, uh, is there anything that you can say that will help reassure the people, uh, that have been waiting for the new set, including myself? Well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have, uh, we would have started off better. <laughs> well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have, uh, we would have started off better. You get two. <laughs> wow. Um, I do know we are transporting the pieces from one house to another tomorrow. So, um, and Super Douche J does not know why that just played twice, but it did. But uh, we'll be moving stuff tomorrow and setting it up. Uh, slight chance, small chance that it'll be ready by the weekend. For next weekend for next week's show i mean so um yeah just kind of depends on a lot of literally moving pieces getting in place and and uh hopefully we can be set up and ready to go because i'm excited it, i mean just absolutely freaking embarrassing <laughs> it's not though it's not embarrassing <laughs> again these things take time okay it, it's going to be very very nice you guys are going to really enjoy it we're really going to enjoy it and uh, if we have any guests on the show, I'm sure they're going to enjoy it as well, because we have thought that through this time around where we'll be able to uh, add a guest without having to uh, reshape where we're sitting and all these different things. So it's going to be um, a, a lot more professional, I think, than especially uh, more so than season one with the cross shots. Right, Aaron? <laughs> yes. No, no cross shots this this, uh, this time around. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know. Hey, some of you guys, maybe that's your thing. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, okay. You know what, though, Aaron, we had uh, some fun. We had a little, um, I guess, featurette, if you will, uh, with uh, what's his name, Greg. I want to I'm going to butcher this last name. My goodness. Uh, Aronica, maybe. Aronica. I'm guessing Aronica. Greg. 3G, actually. 3G. G-R-E-G-G. So he's, 3G. Uh, he's, yep. he's known as 3G, which is pretty cool. Um, so he is with SJ today and uh, he had uh, us on the show or on his um, like a clip of his basically. Uh, and he obviously there's an article right there and it's just kind of talking about the sharks and Hey, what's wrong with the sharks. And so he wanted to get someone's opinion on it. He reached out to us and we were able to uh, chat with him a little bit about this. Now you can see this, uh, at SJ today and it says dot 6am city.com. Uh, I was hoping maybe there'd be a shorter condensed version of that, but, uh, that is how you can do that. I'm sure super producer Jason will put that in the chat or perhaps down in the description down below for you guys to go ahead and click on, uh, and, and go ahead and check that out. But we do have the video here. Uh, it's not the whole article. You can read that too, but he did have a video, which I, I Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong. This was posted on Instagram, correct? Correct. This is a reel on Instagram. So he kind of asked us to give him a rough 
30 second breakdown, maybe 45 second breakdown of the shark season and what's going on and why they're not good. So it's a very condensed version. Uh, there's a little more written out of what our answers were, but uh, this is a just, you know, what the kids like these days, the reels. So here's here's the reel of what we did. We just stunk. That's <laughs> the wrong reel. <laughs> So what's wrong with the organization right now? Nothing's wrong with them yeah. right now. This is what a lot of teams have to go through to get good, if you will. So next season, I think they'll be better than they are this season because they have a lot of younger guys that are up coming up in the wings that will be playing next year. Will Smith, who is the fourth overall draft pick. Quentin Musty, I think, is one of my favorites. One of the guys that I'm excited about for next season is actually already doing really well this season. It's William Eklund. So seeing his continued growth, for sure, is going to be something for Sharks fans to keep an eye out for. Macklin Celebrini, that's the big prize everybody wants. And where are you guys from? The Fin Factor. We are a podcast about the Sharks. Whether they win or lose, it's still a fun time out at the tank. Great to come down here. And this year was the most uh, giveaways that they're doing for games. So if you're looking at the schedule and you want to come to a game, pick a game that has a giveaway because at least you get something to take home. And there's some pretty cool stuff that's up and coming. There you go. It was, it was uh, a lot of fun to be. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Super Jim. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun being able to uh, kind of hang out in front of the tank there and chat with them. And, um, yeah, I mean, we hope that you guys go and check out his article. And obviously you just saw the reel there, but you can see it again on Instagram if, if you'd like to do that. Um, Aaron, was there anything else that you wanted to say, uh, specifically about, uh, SJ today or Greg or, uh, anything in the video or in the article that, uh, maybe the people, the people here would like to know. Uh, SJ today they're they do a bunch of different cities around the country and San Jose's the newer one. So that's only, I don't know, maybe been around for about a year, but, um, I'm not sure what their viewership or their readership is, but the, I mean, on Instagram, they have, I don't know, 56, 60,000 followers or something like that. So pretty big following. And I'm sure it's only going to grow from there. So you should go check them out. SJ today. I forget what they are on Instagram. Cause I think it's the SJ today <laughs> or real SJ today. I think someone else had similar to us. Someone else had reserved SJ today, whereas someone has reserved the fin factor on Instagram. So we don't have that one um same situation so anyway go check them out you'll find them and um there's some really cool stuff there just if you're a san jose native or or miss being in san jose and you don't longer live in the area um they cover a bunch of stuff around locally and it's pretty cool there you go instagram the san jose today or the sj today <clears throat> very cool and yes of course we want to thank uh, mr greg for uh go ahead and and having us featured on that him and his pink microphone I guess that's what he's known for there. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, Aaron, as I said, we had a few Sharks games this past week. Now, the first one here we kind of figured wasn't going to go the Sharks way. However, the Bruins were on a three-game losing streak, I think, which I think mm-hmm. you pointed out in, in the last episode. Um, yeah. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> the Bruins showed up for this one, and the Sharks uh, quite simply did not. This is a... 3 nothing loss for the San Jose Sharks. But again, the Boston Bruins, despite the fact that they were on three-game skid, pretty awesome team this season, right? Uh, yeah, they're tops in the league. So even though they lost out on or uh, Bergeron retired and uh, Craigie retired, a lot of people thought, including myself, that they would drop a little bit. But uh, nope, they're right up there. They are uh, tied in points with the New York Rangers as the number one team. So again, this road trip, like we said last week, was going to be a brutal one. <laughs> it was going to be really brutal. Um, and actually didn't turn out that bad. The Boston game, though, it's not that they didn't play well. The Sharks, I mean, obviously the Sharks didn't win. Um, they lost 3 nothing, but um, 
the Boston goals were just one of them was just elite. Just the way where he placed that shot, just ridiculous. I don't know. I don't feel so bad losing to the Bruins three nothing. It's kind of a boring game. Sharks weren't really into it compared to the other two, but um, it is what it is. So on to the next one. Actually, before we move on to the next one, Nick does uh, point out, by the way, that Will Smith, the uh, Sharks' True. fourth overall draft pick, uh, was at the Boston game, kind of maybe contemplating his life decisions, as somebody said <laughs> on Instagram or something. <laughs> he had no decision in that matter. It was whoever drafted him. Uh, yeah, he was at the game, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, imagine it, it for him, he could have turned pro and played, I'm sure, if he wanted to, but he wanted to stay in Boston for another season. Um, the three players that selected ahead of him are playing in the NHL full time. So um, he's right there in that pack and and could be there. I, I don't think he would have. I don't know if the Sharks would have wanted him to. They probably told him to stay too because this year is just going to be bad and you need a better year for development. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool that he got to go catch the game and with probably some of his teammates, it looked like. And I don't know if you saw the video of him. He was there. Yeah. 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 So I'm just kind of hanging out in the crowd there. But I mean, mm-hmm. for, for folks who are used to other sports where, um, you know, normally a guy who goes fourth overall is going to be playing in that league right away. This is that fine line that we're talking about, right? One, two and three are playing in the NHL and four is finishing up a year in college. So that is the fine line between uh, being an NHL player and uh, like right off the, the hop, right? Right out of the shoot uh, and not essentially. So um, even as, as low as the fourth pick can take a little bit of seasoning. And I think that's one of the main differences between uh, the NHL and several other sports where somebody can get drafted just anywhere in the first round and they'll probably uh, be on that roster. So um, in any case, yes, absolutely. Aaron, let's move on because this (laughs) is one where I get to pat myself on the back just a little bit. Uh, I said that if the sharks were going to come away with one and this road trip, it's going to be New Jersey. I'm feeling New Jersey. However, I will say that I was prompted into that decision based off something that you said, which was that Mackenzie Blackwood was going to stand on his head. Now, Mackenzie Blackwood didn't play in this game. Right? This was Capo Kakinen's game, which, again, we had talked about saying that'd be kind of weird, right, if they didn't play Blackwood here. What was your thoughts on that when you heard Capo Kakinen was taking the net? Well, before that... Um... On San Jose Hockey Now, Shang had asked about it, and uh, there's a whole, I think there's an article written about it, because he talked to Blackwood, he talked to the coaches. Um, this game was a game that was circled early in the season by the staff, and they had asked Mackenzie Blackwood if he was interested in, you know, basically preparing to play that game, like, months ago. And he said, nah, he doesn't really care, it doesn't really, it doesn't, like, doesn't motivate him. He's not, he's indifferent to it. And then when it came to this week, the actual week, they asked him again, do you want to play against your old team? And he said, nah, not really. <laughs> so he, it was more of his decision, Blackwood's decision. It was less the coaching decision. So uh, it obviously worked out well because Kakinen had a heck of a game. He had some pretty good saves in there and ended up with 41 or was it 44 saves on 47 shots. So a 936 save percentage. Um, I thought there was a couple in there that, Early on, when the game was still kind of up in the air, um, game-changing saves, like giving his team a chance to win. And this is the Kakanen that I was hoping to see um, more of, I guess. And, I mean, both goaltenders have been pretty good uh, as of late. Uh, Throughout October, November's been a decent month. 
Um, and December is, is turning out to be much better too. So I think, uh, and I'll get into some more stats a little bit later about the goaltending, but um, specifically Blackwood, but I thought Kakinen had a great game and, and got the win. And it was also the Sharks first win on the road for the season. They had 10 road losses previous to that. Um, I actually did not go back to the last season. I'm sure it, cut, it went into more of last season, but in those 10 games this season, the Sharks had only scored six goals total <laughs> and they scored six in this one game. So again, the phrase that I'm going to use is market correction. This is just, it was a long time coming. So uh, I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. <laughs> I'll talk about one goal though. One goal in that game. And I hope you saw this. The, the one where Granlin passed it over to declare and he buried it. Granlin sauced this over two defender sticks onto declare on the far side, right on a stick, and he one times it in. It was a thing of beauty. And even Duclair was was screaming at Granlin afterwards, like, what a pass. It was, it was just absolutely amazing. So Granlin with the sauce to the Duke. I you could say that to any Sharks fan, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. I did see that one. That is 100 percent the exact type of play that I want to see all the time. <laughs> Uh, this is like, and at all levels, okay. So whether this is the Sharks, whether I'm watching my son play with uh, his his 10A <laughs> team, these are the types of plays that get me going, and and, and I love this. It, again, you you said it. He sauced it over two defensemen's sticks, and it's not like you know Granlin is is you know widely touted as like one of the best playmakers in the game or anything, right? But like this pass was beautiful, and it just landed. It didn't like land and then scoot to the stick. It landed right on the blade. And it was just all he had to do is just punch. And this thing went perfectly in the net. Um, I mean, again, these are the types of goals. I I, I like when a guy takes a puck and and just kind of skates it up and dekes through some guys and shoots and scores. And that's all well and good. I like these better. These ones to me are the best kind of goal. The one where there is just a rocket of a pass and it gets one timed in and the goalie has no chance. And everyone else on the ice defensively is looking silly because they didn't have their heads turned. They didn't have their heads on a swivel, as uh, Drew Mendel likes to say. Um, and you just make them look silly. And these are the types of goals that I absolutely love. So for me, yes, this one absolutely did stand out. And I was uh, I was happy to catch it real time. I was happy to catch it, period. Uh, so, yeah, awesome pass by uh, Granlin. Uh, there's a guy I watched on, on YouTube a while ago. It's um, Johnny Superbman, 2BC Productions. He does... Uh, NHL video game type stuff for like um, a GM mode. Uh, he he calls this guy Granny Smith. So I'm probably going to be re- referring to him as uh, Granny Smith uh, as the days go on here. Yeah. So uh, Granny Smith is the Duke. So there you go. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great one. Beautiful, beautiful uh, goal. Uh, again, the Sharks win this one six to three. However, again, outshot. This is the thing that kills me all season long about this team is how badly they get outshot in every single game. 47 to 18 Aaron that's 29 shot differential that is redonkulous that is nuts how do you allow an an entire game's worth of shots beyond what you got that makes no sense to me how they could let that many more shots against go and yet they won six to three bonkers again uh you know all the accolades going uh, to Kapo Kakinen here standing on his head 44 saves on a night where the opposing goaltender <laughs> makes 12 saves on 18 shots, making them look a little silly. 
What's that? Well, they one was an empty netter, so oh, it's twelve. My bad, my bad, twelve on seventeen shots, but yeah, it's worse. Yeah, seven of six percentage. Two, two uh, one thing in common with the two games that were, the next one that we're going to talk about. Both teams started their backup goaltenders against the Sharks. Schmied, and then Quick. So there's some talk about the Sharks not being respected enough around the league. I, I, and I said this in the very beginning of the season that we're going to see a lot of backup goalies because the Sharks are just not good and they're going to want to give their starters a break. And, the, and we're seeing it and it's fine because that's going to give the Sharks uh, a better chance to win. Um, almost beat Jonathan Quick, which, oh man, I wanted that one. But uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, just just that game, absolutely ridiculous. That many shots, 47. That's roughly two games worth two two well defended games worth of shots yeah <laughs> on a good team you know like yeah yeah getting doubled up by the other team oh this is more than double right this is nearly triple right like it's 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 that close yeah uh, but this has been a theme for the sharks pretty much all season long they've been getting absolutely blasted when it comes to uh shots on goal and um it's no wonder that the the sharks goaltenders have seen the most shots Mm-hmm. Uh, of anybody because again we have differentials like this um maybe not night in night out but we're constantly being outshot i can't i mean I, that would be an interesting stat if someone could pull that one up is when was the last time the sharks outshot an opponent in a game because i don't think it's this season I, I can't think of a game where i remember them having more shots can you yeah, i mean maybe. i can't yeah the only one i can maybe think of is the philadelphia game when they got their first win but I don't even know if that's true or not. I'd have to go back and look. Potentially. Well, in any case, not. you talked about the next game already, them playing their backup. So you've got the New York Rangers. Now, again, this one, a loss, a six to five loss. However, this was a little bit more of what we want to see from the Sharks. We talk about a team that has an identity of not giving up. Right. And we've talked about this with the Sharks for the last couple of seasons uh, since they've kind of been on that uh, downward slope. Right. This this identity of not giving up, not folding under pressure. And up until this point, several times during the season, the Sharks have been described as, oh, gosh, here it comes. Fragile. <laughs> I'm so scared. Fragile. He's not going to do it. Good. OK, so the Sharks. I don't want to hear about freaking fragile. OK, <laughs> a little late, but that's OK. Uh, so, yeah, they've been described as, you know, being being a little fragile here and there. So I think this is kind of one of those games that kind of helps dispel some of that, that talk, right? As Coach Quinn said, he doesn't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about that. This is a team that should be playing to the best of their ability, regardless of the score. Uh, playing for, I mean, he didn't say this, but, you know, playing for the trade. We say this, Aaron, you and I. They, they should be playing for that trade. If they want to be on a team that has, you know, cup contention aspirations, they need to get traded off of this team or it'll have to be a completely different season. They have to get signed as a free agent, right? But if they want to show the teams, hey, this is what we can do, they need to be able to play like this. It doesn't matter if the Sharks lost. They need to play with the heart that they played in this game. So let's kind of get through it a little bit here, Aaron. Um, they were down six to three, okay? So they're down by three goals and there's only seven minutes left. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and let you kind of take over from here. Go through this uh, with as much gusto and inspiration as you can muster, please. <laughs> well, first of all, Duclair's goal, beautiful breakaway goal, just undresses Jonathan Quick and 
it was very funny because it was a um, very similar goal to the game before in New Jersey. He did almost the same exact same move um, on Schmid to score his goal in that game. So I thought that was interesting that maybe he's a one trick pony and that's his move, but it works. So keep going with it. Kind of like how Couture always tries to go five hole. Um, anyway, down six, three, seven minutes left. Normally the sharks are done. They pack it in they say they're on the road. We're done. Let's get out of here and, and go on to the next one. But no, this is very different. The team looks a lot more confident. Um, and only a minute and 34 after they went up six to three, the Sharks came back and scored a goal to make it 6-4. And another minute and 12 after that made it 6-5 and made everyone go, oh boy, there's, <laughs> there's a chance here. I mean, there was four minutes and 10 seconds left when Barabanov uh, got it within one. So a lot of hockey left, a lot of time left. Um, I don't know if you remember last year. Last year, the Sharks seemed to be down a goal a lot. In fact, I think they led the league in empty net goals um, against. So uh, last year, Carlson had the puck a lot, and a lot of times would they would turn it over, and there would be an empty net goal. This time, did not happen. In fact, Granlund with five seconds left skates through everybody and gets a shot off in the slot and it just went over the goal um had a had a very good chance to actually tie up the game which would have been absolutely bonkers in this game if they go down six to three against the best team in the league right now and they come back and tie the game up with seconds left that would have been a huge boost for them but either way this game was an enormous confidence booster i think for the team um, just as a whole that hey we can hang with these guys like and in fact they were leading at one point were they leading in this game no i can't remember um i don't recall them leading but i do want to point out were. uh the yeah. comment made by alec hagwood here saying honestly watching yeah. this game as a sharks fan felt like a win it wasn't an easy win for the new york rangers again that's kind of what i'm going for this season i want them to be this competitive team still i want them to be entertaining and this is that game this is the game that i'm talking about uh when i say what I want the Sharks to be this season, right? Um, there was no loss uh, of, of fight, of compete level. Uh, this was them not caring what the numbers on the scoreboard said and continuing to fight and continue to go for it. And you might even say that the Rangers and everybody uh, in attendance perhaps uh, might have thought, you know, this game's probably over with seven minutes left, best team in the league, worst team in the league, up by three. I think we might be able to pack it in. So you can, you might be able to say that the Rangers maybe let their foot off the gas just a little bit here. And the Sharks did not. The Sharks kept pushing and kept going for it. Um, so again, I, I just wanted to call that, that comment out by, uh, by Alec there. So uh, thank you for, for your comment there. Cause again, it does kind of jive exactly with the sentiments that, that we have uh, for the Sharks playing this season. So I'm sorry, Aaron, go ahead and finish up what you were talking about there. Uh, I mean, I agree with you too, Alec, like that, I'd rather see the Sharks lose a game like that than win a game where they're not even trying kind of thing. You know, like it just doesn't feel right. Or when they get blown out 10 to one, that's just Mm -hmm. awful. So uh, still have some bite in them and show that, um, I don't know, that that kind of changes things around in in confidence levels for everybody. So um, it was great to see. Um, Quinn was asked about, I have a clip here from from Quinn after the game about um, kind of the same I guess questioning of of the sharks normally would roll over and be done, but this seems different. What's going on and why? So here's a clip set up now for uh, Quinn answering that kind of question. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, we're playing much better hockey. Man. We've had a lot of adversity this year. I've said this a lot. No one's had more than us. Uh, today was an adverse day with the news we got this morning, but you know, give our guys a ton of credit. They came ready to play tonight and you know had a chance to tie it late. Now, the news they got this morning was uh, more injuries. <clears throat> well, that me. morning, but yes. that Yeah, that morning of New York. So um, there was more injuries, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, yeah, that's this team is, yeah, they lost that game. But I feel like they're feeling good about themselves and good about their game. It's kind of rounding off. And, and um, like I, I keep saying this again over and over, market correction. They're getting it together and feeling better and playing better and things are good things are happening to the sharks um beating new jersey in new jersey for the first road win almost beating almost tying and possibly beating the rangers at home like that's just insane in fact let me look up real quick the rangers record at home is eight and two they've only lost two games all season at home so that would have been a huge huge thing for the sharks Absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk about some positives coming up uh, with the San Jose Sharks. Before we do, what we want to do is, uh, well, a couple things. One, I want to remind you guys once again, if you can please uh, hit us with the retreat, repost, share, whatever. Uh, get us out there to the Sharks friends and family that you have. Uh, get them in the chat. Get them talking with us. Get them talking with you. Uh, it's a lot more fun when there's a lot more people going. Uh, that's number one. Number two, again, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is through the super chat function. Uh, you can also do that with Venmo at the fin factor. Any comment that you leave there, we'll go ahead and read it out live on the show. And of course that does, uh, help, um, support the show. So, um, that's one we can do. Oh, you could also go to the finfactor.com, check out any of the merch that we have available. Anything you purchase there, obviously again, does support the show, but you get something in return for doing so. So, uh, would appreciate that very much. The other thing I want you guys to do is answer this question because we're at roll call here. What city are you guys watching from? And who is your favorite? Sorry, who is your Q1 Sharks MVP? When I say Q1, I mean, we're about a quarter of the way through the season. Q1, who's your MVP for the first 20-ish games of the season? Aaron, we're going to answer that question. As we go through some of the positives that you have, now you've pulled out a few names. You've got some stats. Uh, why don't you go ahead and fire away? And while Aaron's doing that, you guys go ahead and put in the comments uh, who you feel is the Sharks Q1 MVP. Aaron, go ahead. Well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have. Uh, we would have started off better. <laughs> I'll start off. Uh, Michael Grandlin, man, he is on fire right now. Seven points in his last five games. He is now second place behind Tomas Hurdle in scoring on the Sharks, which I guess isn't saying a whole heck of a lot, but uh, it's good to see that he is showing his worth for one um, and being a trade chip um, at this, uh, possibly at this deadline, because he's, he's here for two years. Look at that, two years for $5 million. So he's got another season after this at $5 million. But I think that's $5 million well worth it. Because um, if you look at... Our other favorite punching bag, Mike Hoffman, who has been getting better. Um, Hoffman is making just a slightly under at four and a half million. He's definitely not worth it. So I think uh, Grandin's looking great. Um, Fabian Zetterlin, for me, this guy is my favorite shark right now. Uh, he's got three goals in his last games. So that's not bad. He's leading the team 
with seven goals and his career high was six. So he's already beat his career high, which set last year in New Jersey. Um, in fact, when he came over from New Jersey, he played 22 games, I think 20, 22 games, the sharks and didn't score a goal. So he now has seven goals in as many games. I just had it up in uh, 25 games, so a little bit more, but uh, seven goals and three assists in 25 games. He's looking better and better. Uh, Barabanov came back from the IR. He missed practically the entire month of November. Uh, he comes back and scores a beauty, beauty of a goal, assisted by Kaylin Addison. Uh, this is the one that got the Sharks within one against the Rangers. Um, I don't know if you saw this one, but uh, Addison was at the point, or Addison came skating and Hurdle found him, and he uh, quick kind of comes out of his crease uh, to challenge him. And Barabanov went to the right of Quick and had his stick down on the ice. And Addison kind of, it's like a shot pass. Like he kind of faked shot, slapped past it over to him, and he tipped it in for the goal. Um, just a great all-around play for both of them. And Kaylin Addison's another one I was going to mention. He's moving the puck well. He has five assists in his last eight games, and three of those are on the power play. Um, and the reigning player of the month from November cannot go without saying Mackenzie Blackwood has been awesome. I don't want to say he's lights out, but he has been the reason the Sharks have kind of turned this around. Uh, Sazzy Hockey Now had uh, an article called Five Reasons Why the Sharks Playing Better. And if you're not a subscriber, I highly recommend subscribing. Shang Peng does amazing work. Um, in fact, he got another person there. I can't remember his name, but some help there. Um, Blackwood, in particular, has shown the starters 3 3 and 1 in the last 11 games with a 924 save percentage, sixth in the NHL in that stretch. Uh, for the season, he's got he's second in the league with 10 quality starts. And tops with three steals. Now steals they they kind of define as uh, somebody who oh there you go steals are are somebody who uh, has more like expected or sorry more saves than expected, right? Like they're expected to make thirty saves and yet he makes thirty three saves, something like that. That's kind of the logic about it. Um, but anyway, he is were the leading the league or he's second in the league with with steals so that's pretty cool um it's it's more quantitative stats to show you I, I, it's almost like okay if blackwood was on a good team what would his numbers be like right like it's showing that he should be hanging with the big boys in the league so he's doing great and um yeah that's uh those are the players that i've highlighted now who who is your favorite Paul, right now for the season, who would you it, say? It has to be Blackwood. It really has to be Blackwood. There, there's, there's a lot of players that are doing okay, and they're doing okay now. Beginning of the season, maybe they weren't doing so hot. Now they're starting to look a little bit better. Maybe that has to do with gelling, and uh, maybe it has to do with injuries coming back. Maybe it has to do with um, simply there's the line of say Eklund, Hurdle, and Zetterlin that, and to beginning the, at the beginning of the season. They weren't all together. I think Eklund was playing more with Cunning than anybody else. So that line has certainly kind of gotten itself going as well. I mean, there's a lot of different factors as to why they may be playing better now than they were at the beginning of the season. Mackenzie Blackwood has played outstanding regardless of uh, the date so far this season, regardless of the line mates that he's had in front of him, regardless of how well the team has played in front of him. Uh, how many goals they've scored, how many they've blown coverage. It doesn't matter. Mackenzie Blackwood has played outstanding. 
Um, so yeah, for me, he's a hundred percent. He's my MVP for Q1. Now that may be uh, different come Q2 here, right? Maybe something happens with him and all of a sudden it just goes all downhill. Maybe the Sharks start scoring tons of goals and now we just can't make a save. I don't know. But for the first quarter, we'll say, of the season, yeah, absolutely for me, it's Mackenzie Blackwood. And there's a couple people that kind of share some, well, Alex <laughs> says it's got to be Blackwood as well. Uh, Peter St. John, I think he's trolling a bit here, says Giovanni Smith. Honestly, I have liked Giovanni Smith's game. I haven't had a problem with his game whatsoever. MVP, no, but I will say <laughs> he's been a great Sharks addition. Um, he certainly adds a lot to that fourth line. I don't do we, if we I don't know if we're supposed to call it the fourth line. What do we call it? The the second six? The energy line. Huh? The energy, the energy line. line. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to disrespect anybody, but for the role that he plays, no. he's been doing a phenomenal job. And I've seen this guy uh streaking up and down the ice. Uh his back checking again. Same thing with uh with Bailey. Bailey's back check. We talked about the last uh last episode. Um this guy's got legs. And he's willing to work hard. Again, these are the types of guys that we know Mike Greer wants in, in the in the organization and the lineup, uh, playing their hearts out. And Giovanni Smith, 100%, gets my vote for staying on the team, not for MVP. Uh, <laughs> there, and nothing wrong with that. Uh, Eigen Grau, I hope I said that right, says Zetterland. He likes Zetterland uh, so far this season. Uh, he also wants a Welshang, apparently. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, Alec is asking if Black was the long-term goalie solution for San Jose, uh, or do you think he'll be traded? Now, uh, Alec, we've talked about this uh, several times over, and actually Peter St. John says he agrees uh, Blackwood uh, should be the guy. And uh, he's also wondering if the Sharks are going to end up trading uh, Blackwood. Aaron, let's talk a little bit. I know you want to talk about the uh, them no. being out of the basement. Before we get there, since we're still on the topic of players and MVPs, um, what's what's your feeling on whether or not the Sharks will or should uh, trade Mackenzie Blackwood? I think he's shown that he could be the goalie of the future. And I think um, I think that might be I don't think they're going to rush to conclusions here. And I mean, they can't sign him to an extension until after July 1st, because then he will have one late one year left in his contract. He's still signed for another season after this. Um, but he signed for two point three five million, and that is extremely cheap. Just to put that in perspective, Capo Kakinen is two point seven five. So technically, Kakinen is getting paid more as a starter than Blackwood is. But I think Blackwood could be the answer. I also think that Blackwood is going to be highly sought after. Maybe not at this trade deadline, but possibly next year if the Sharks don't sign him. And for me, it's more of I think if the price is right, again, anybody on this team is tradable. So Blackwood, and they traded a six-round pick for him. That value has skyrocketed. Oh, he yeah. is worth way more than a sixth. So especially with his salary being so low and being controlled, you know, for another season. So if you were to get traded this year, oh man, they they can ask a lot. They could probably get. I mean, at this point, they might be able to get a blue chip goalie prospect in return or a very high draft pick or maybe a mid draft pick with a good prospect. You know, like the the asset management here that Mike Greer did with Mackenzie Blackwood is amazing. And do you remember the beginning of the season or when the trade was made? How many people in New Jersey were laughing at how stupid San Jose was, how stupid Mike Greer was? A lot of Sharks fan calling for his head because they traded a draft pick 
for Mackenzie Blackwood. And they were like, wow, he's really tanking and he's going to be looking to get Celebrini and be the last place in the league. Uh-uh. No. That's don't ever rush to judgment. In fact, there's a lot of people looking back at the Timo Meyer trade now and saying how the Sharks are looking to be winning that because Timo signed an extension with New Jersey. Uh the max, I think, right? Eight years. I think it was eight, eight, something like that. Anyway, yeah. Um the Right now, Mike Greer is looking pretty good on a lot of his trades that he's made. And none of these have been super major, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, altering kind of trades. Like, But they are important pieces that are coming back. Um, so I think don't rush to judgment on Mike Greer anymore. I think you need to have a bigger, longer picture of it. And uh, I'm very happy with Mackenzie Blackman. Now, I would be happy, depending on the return, what the Sharks would get for him if they was to get traded. But I would equally be as happy as he if he were to sign and be here for a while. However, goalies are so finicky. I would never want to see a long-term contract, especially for a goalie. Like, I don't want to see eight years for anybody, especially a goalie. But um, any player, I wouldn't want to see eight-year contracts. I think three to four is good because at that point, Things could go south. Look at Mark Edward Vlasic, which we'll talk yeah. about in a little bit. Just it, it mitigates the damage or the cap hit damage that you could potentially have with a player that just loses it. But Mackenzie Blackwood, I absolutely love. Yeah, the unfortunate truth about the eight-year contract thing is that if you don't offer that, somebody else will, and they'll take the extra years uh, and the money that comes along with it unless they're loyal to the franchise. Just like Timo, right? Like, yeah. Do you miss Timo? I don't miss him for that much money. That would just tie up the yeah. Sharks for forever. And I, and I think a, a lot of people look at those trades and go, wow, you gave up a really good player for next to nothing. It's yeah. However, if we kept that player, we'd be in the same boat that we were in with the whole Eric Carlson deal where we'd have a whole lot of cap space on one player and not a lot to do anything else with the roster. We're handcuffing ourselves again. And in a rebuild, yeah, he's a great player, but we we just we need to get away from that, uh, not have big, big contracts that are holding us down from doing what we need to do going moving forward. You need that cap space for things like taking on bad contracts from other teams so that you can get futures, get the, the draft capital, get the prospects that come in. Uh, and you can do that by essentially selling off some of your own cap space. So I, I think, again, it's it's a shame because Timo was a homegrown, very good player. But in order to keep him with the organization, you'd have to pay him far more than you really ought to be paying any player during a rebuild. And it just doesn't make sense. So I think while it hurts to give up a player of that caliber, I think it's still the right move given where the Sharks are in their rebuilding process. Um, I also wanted to call out, I can grab one other thing he said, that he says he really likes Bailey too. I guess he said that right after I had mentioned Bailey. Uh, he was agreeing with Hedekin. Now, I don't know if you heard this, but Hedekin did say that there's no way this guy should be kept out of the NHL. He should not be playing in the AHL another game. And I have to say, I agree with him. The way that this guy's been skating, the way that he's been, again, I, you know how I am. I like these guys like the Ferraros, like Sturms, like those guys who are just have that engine. They'll never give up on you. I love those guys. And you can see it with, with Bailey and the way that he skates and his back checking and his, his just his attitude on the ice. The guy never gives up. And I, uh, I a hundred percent agree with Eigengrau and I a hundred percent agree with Hedekin when they say, 
uh, yeah, this guy needs to be uh, a full-time NHLer. So, Aaron, moving on from the players, talking about the Sharks, uh, almost getting out of the basement. You used this phrase several times over. Uh, <laughs> I've been shaking my head a little bit, and maybe we'll get to uh, why I don't 100% agree. But why don't you fire away? Let us know about uh, the Sharks uh, getting out of the basement here. Sure. There's uh, this chart I came across from J Fresh Hockey, and they pulled it from um, they pulled it from somewhere else. Uh, at least the data and everything, and put it together. But this shows expected. Uh, sorry, this is oh, I got to blow it up here. Difference in all situations of goals per game last year versus this year. So the difference of expected goals from last season to this season, and what the difference is. Um, the Sharks, as you can see, are dead last. They're minus 1.6 goals less scored per game or expected to than a year ago. Obviously, you take away your number one defenseman that can move the puck. Um, it's going to it's gonna have some repercussions here. But I think that 1.6 is going to start moving closer to the end. Now, again, I don't think it's going to go past the gray line where the median is. It's going to be more of just getting closer to it. And I think you'll see some of those other teams kind of coming back. In fact, Anaheim's kind of pulling back already, at least in their wins and their standings and everything else. And they're at the top right now. So you're going to see some of these kind of move back and forth between uh, the gray lines. But that's um, what I kind of talked about, I think, last week about, uh, again, market correction and how the Sharks aren't as bad as what everyone thought they were, let's say, in October. And even in in the first part of November when they were just getting shellacked by teams. So I think uh, they're coming together as a team. They're getting less guys, kind of less guys injured, although they do have a lot of guys on the IR still. Um, and again, going back to the the clip that we had just played earlier with Quinn saying, you know, we, nobody's faced as much adversity as us so far. And it's true. They've had to deal with a lot. I mean, their roster was kind of thin to begin with. And it's still their number one Number two center, Coacher, hasn't even played a game. Hasn't even skated yet this season. So they are going to get better. They are going to put it all together. I'm not saying they're going to start ripping off wins like crazy, but I think there's going to be a better product on the ice. There already is, I think, in the last two weeks. I've I've been fairly entertained in the last two weeks of games than I have most of this season. Like, most of the season, you're just frustrated. You're like, just stupid errors there still are stupid errors but not as many um so they are learning they're getting a little bit better we just stunk (laughs) i guess for for me when i when i think of market correction i'm thinking more of like the puck luck um getting the bounces if you will I, it, for for me, a market correction is like the same exact roster, the same players, and it's just not going in for one reason or another. But we're going to see it average out in the future, right? We're going to see it get back to where they should have been all along, right? That's that what I would call a market correction, right? They They were performing here, and the entire time they should have been performing here. So as time goes on, they're going to start performing here, to make it averaged out. Now, anybody listening on the podcast can't see my hands, uh, but I hope you, you figured out what I was trying to say there. But basically for me, I, I when I hear market correction, it's more about kind of the, the puck luck, if you will. So um, for, for me, the improvements that we're seeing, 
personally, I, I just think it's just the team improving. I don't think it has much to do with necessarily getting the bounce that they didn't get before. I think it's literally just the team is gelling more. The team is growing more. The team is learning more. Remember, there's a lot of young players on this team and a lot of guys that weren't on this roster to start the season. It takes time, as someone else had already said. Actually, the, the person's right here. Uh, it is Peter St. John. The roster's so new. With new players, it takes about a half a season to integrate players. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think it, it's not so much that, gosh, that same roster should have been doing this well and they just weren't getting the bounces and all of a sudden we are. I think it's less that and more just they're learning now. They're like the younger guys are learning the game better. They're 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 playing with each other better. They're gelling better. Guys like I was talking about before, the Eklund Hurdle Zetterlin line, that line didn't play together to start the season. Um, they started playing together all of a sudden. It takes them a little while to get going, and now they're you're finding these really amazing passes by Eklund set up by Hurdle and Zetterlin's burying it, right? They didn't have that at the beginning of the season. Guys like Addison, this is an ad, right? He's an addition. <laughs> Addison, the addition. Yeah. Anyway, nice. so it, it, he wasn't there in the first place. He kind of took over quarterback in the power play. We talked a hundred times about how horrible the five man, five man forward uh, unit for the power play was. It just was not working out. They get a somewhat good putt moving defenseman to go ahead and take the reins on the power play. And all of a sudden the power play is looking a little bit better than it did before. So I think it's it's these additions. It's not the same roster uh, playing back to the potential uh, where they should have been in the first place. It's the team actually improving. And for me, uh, that actually bodes better than just having a market correction. This is actually the improvements um, that we're able to see. So uh, it's it's them not just playing to their ceiling, but it's them raising the ceiling, if you will. Now, again, I'm with you. There's no way this team becomes... You know, a playoff team, they're not going to rattle off a bunch of wins. But going back to what my whole goal is for this season for the Sharks, being entertaining, I don't think we're going to see the 10-1 losses. I don't think we're going to see the 10-2 losses. I don't think we're going to see the 7-1 or whatever it was where Quinn went nuts, right? Uh, I don't think, and we got all those beautiful clips. that I don't uh, want to hear about freaking fragile, okay? Like that one. So um, I don't think we're going to see those types of games uh, much anymore. Maybe, uh, you know, an odd one here or there. But I think that has a lot to do with the team simply getting better than they would have been, not back to where they should have been. And I think that's the difference for me when I hear the phrase market correction, right? And if we're going to talk about market correction, there are some guys on the team individually. I would say Cunning getting back to where he should be. Hoffman getting back to where he should be. Even Duclair, Granlin, these guys, these veterans of the league that, you know, they we know what they bring to the table and they weren't bringing it before. Now they're starting to score. Now they're starting to generate offense. That for me is the market correction on an individual level for those players. Um, you know, but again, this team is still last. They're still losing games and they score five goals like we did this week. Um, they're treading better than before, but being in the bottom three is kind of where we ought to be. So uh, even if we get out of the basement and we get into, you know, the 30th place, this is where the sharks are going to be. Right. Right. And I, I'm just more of saying market correction is in, they're not going to be historically bad. And one of the worst teams ever in the NHL to ever play, which is what they were tracking to be earlier in the season in terms of not enough goals scored and, and getting blown out in all those games. It's just not going to happen. So for me, market correction is more of they're going to be playing better hockey, more entertaining, closer games, not 
huge blowouts and not making you want to pull whatever hair out you have left, which I have none. Yeah, we just stunk. You can pull some beard hair, maybe, if you grew your beard out. That hurts. <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked about some positives. We talked about some of the guys that we thought were uh, up for MVP of Q1. Thank you guys, by the way, for putting uh, your vote for uh, who you thought was the MVP in the comment section there. I think, again, we're a little bit biased because we uh, run the show, but I think uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Aaron, would you agree? Mackenzie Blackwood? Well, the Sharks picked him for MVP for the month, so yeah, for oh. November. There you go. So yeah. even the Sharks agree with us. So if you didn't say Mackenzie Blackwood, you're wrong, uh, but we like you anyway. <laughs> so there you go. Aaron, again, we talked about positive. Let's talk about a little bit of the negatives here. Uh, some of this is not necessarily a player that we don't like. Uh, it's bad things simply happening to the Sharks. So fire away. Sure. Uh, Luke Cunning on the IR, IR again. So we got more guys on the other. Uh, Kanijov got waived, which kind of sucks. So he got sent down the HL. Nobody claimed him. So he is with the Barracuda now, which is good. You can get some playing time and, and some meaningful playing time. Hopefully the Barracuda will kind of get a little bit better too with him down there. Um, but having him and Shimmick down there now is costing the Sharks 1.2 million in a cap hit just for being buried in the minors. Because when they go to the minors, uh, I think only 750,000 of their salaries allowed to be moved basically down to the minors where it doesn't count towards the cap space. That way you don't bury a guy. Now this all comes from uh, the CBA changing because who was it? Uh, probably Lou Lamorello is the one that originally did this where he buried a guy in the minors. So that their cap hit would be fine. Um, always kind of circum- circumnavigating stuff, shady stuff that Lou Lamorello. Um, yeah. But yeah, one point two million. That's still on the books because these two guys. And let's see, Shimmick is done after this season, and Kanijov's got another year, and then he'll be a UFA. So I'd like to see that guy turn around. But he is getting passed on the death chart, and they brought in Kalen Annis Addison, so he kind of took over on the power play duties because he was supposed to be kind of a guy that could do it. Um, but it's just kind of unfortunate. And then. Lastly, Mark Edward Vlasic has been scratched this entire week. He hasn't played in a game since uh, before Thanksgiving or so. So it that's kind of sad to see. I mean, that's $7 million that you're just benching. Um, but And on top of that, the Sharks have been dressing seven defensemen every game. Uh, McDonald's been playing on the fourth line as a winger. So um, you're top you're not even in the top seven defensemen on the Sharks and you're making seven million. That's just, that's brutal. It sucks. So um, another, what, three years of Lassic in his salary? Is that right? I think so. Looking right now. Yeah. Two more seasons after this. Two more. See, and and if you if you go through with a buyout at the end of or beginning, I guess, end of the season or beginning of the next one, whenever that buyout window is, it's sometime yeah. in between. If you do that, you still have them on the books in some capacity for four seasons. I think it's worse. I personally I'm not a fan. I don't I don't no. like that. And I understand in the long run it, it is actually better, but it just sucks having dead money the way on around. the books for that long. Oh, you mean in the long run keeping him? Well, no, I'm saying I don't like the idea of going through a buyout. And even though it's a smaller amount, you still have money on the books for a player that yeah. doesn't play for you. I, I just I don't, I'm not a fan of that. 
I don't like it because I mean we're still paying Martin Jones for exactly how many more years. I mean, just absolutely freaking embarrassing. <laughs> Three more years after this, we're paying Martin Jones. Three more years. So yeah. this season plus three more. That's See, and, and and Peter St. John, you got the right sentiments here. He says, it hurts me every time I think about Vlasic. I hate seeing such a great player wind up struggling at the end of their career. Yeah, 100%. You, you wish that, you know, he could go out in a blaze of glory uh, in, <clears> instead <throat> of, you know, on fire and, and crash landing. This is this is not the way that I would like to remember Mark Edward Vlasic. I would like to remember him as that stalwart defender um, who was paired alongside Justin Braun. Uh, if Lundy's listening, I said it first, buddy. Uh, so, you know, I, I would like to remember him the right way. Right now, I'm remembering him as a nuisance, which is unfortunate. You know, he's a $7 million healthy scratch. And that's not the way I want to remember um, the the great player that Mark Edward Vlasic was. Uh, and unfortunately, that's just kind of how it is now. And again, as Aaron said, dressing seven defensemen and your $7 million defensive defenseman on a team that can really use uh, keeping the puck out of their own net. And this guy is uh, just sitting on the bench. So I'm uh, not even on the bench in the press box. Uh, and it's just a shame. Um, so anyway, big, big negative for me. Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic still just... You know, not not ready for duty. It's unfortunate. Yep. Yep. Sad. So. All right. Upcoming games this week. We got Tuesday at the Islanders, 430. Thursday at Detroit, 4 o'clock. Sunday at Vegas at 7 o'clock. And I believe that wraps up their road trip. And then they'll be back home. But um, three games on this week. And two East Coast. And I guess that's an East Coast, Detroit considered east and then uh back kind of almost home in vegas what do you think paul how many wins do you think we're gonna get here oh god i i can't get i can't get one right every week so i'm, I'm afraid <laughs> to uh to make a prediction here i don't want i don't want the uh, the mojo to wear off um i don't know you obviously you're gonna know these teams a lot better than than i would being the uh fantasy hockey guy so you tell me new york islanders how are they looking this season so far? Who's the guy to look out for on their team? Islanders are uh, kind of middle of the pack. They're just a tough defensive team, so they don't give up much. And the Sharks don't score a whole heck of a lot, so that's going to be tough. But if they can break through before the Islanders can score, I think they can possibly hold on because they don't have as much of a bite. Um, but they, in their last 10, are 5-2-3. and three. That's, that's about right for the Islanders, 5-2-3. and three. Uh, Detroit six two and two. They've been heating up, and a they got some new guy in. on their team, don't they? Some new rookie, some young buck. Yeah, <laughs> Patrick Kanye. Is that he's there? Patrick Kanye. <laughs> Patrick Kane joined the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, yeah. In fact, I haven't been following. I don't know if if he's done anything yet. But you know what's funny, actually, is my my brother was in New York on vacation and. Um, he had said that, you know, he went down to the hotel lobby and this, because really big dude comes in and there's a New York Rangers hockey bag and he sees on the side of the bag, it says 88 Kane. And he's like, Whoa. And, uh, it was Detroit, um, playing against New York in New York, obviously against the Rangers. And it was the guy that was carrying Patrick Kane's bag into the hotel. So he was like, he texted me right away. Like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe this. Um, 
so yeah, it was just kind of cool that he, he had texted me about that. But yeah, so it, it, very interesting because I, I guess uh, Detroit played the Rangers and then right after that they played Chicago. So it was like the Patrick Kane redemption right. tour. <laughs> like as soon as he got back in the NHL, he plays the two teams that he played for previous. Like how awesome crazy. is that, you know? That's crazy. But anyway, so yeah, the Red Wings uh, at, at 4 p.m. Aaron, who's the big guy other than Patrick Kane, obviously? who's Who are the big guys uh, that people should be looking out for uh, as maybe right. entertainment value, if not just guys to that you're, oh, you're worried about. Sure. Alex Dabrinkat, uh, Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond. Um, they're all very, very good players. And yeah, those, those are the, that's going to be their top guys right there. Now, I correct see. me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Lucas Raymond a name that you brought up before we started the show for a different reason and we were talking about soccer uh a while back and i why i didn't like soccer was lucas raymond the name that you somebody brought up in in the chat was it raymond or was it larkin i can't remember i think you said raymond but go raymond? ahead tell, tell tell the people tell the people uh hold on let me i gotta pull it up you oh he's gotta pull here. up word for word we don't want to get it word wrong we gotta get you know, um, no paraphrasing here people in fact i'm surprised he's not here he's usually here in the chat Said, hey, Aaron, Paul called out soccer players for flopping. I hope you and super producer Jay can show him the Lucas Raymond moment versus the Rangers. Now, I don't Lucas know. Lucas Raymond. So it was Raymond. Okay. So I don't know that moment, but there was a moment. Do you know this moment? I didn't. You know? I didn't okay. have a chance to look it up. So apparently there was a singular moment in time where a singular player that plays hockey uh, may have may or may not have we haven't seen the video uh flopped and so this is supposed to debunk all instances of soccer players all across the world in all leagues flopping uh so there you go it's been debunked people i'm not trying to debunk it i think you're just you're just very narrow-minded when it comes i'm just not looking at the one league I'm just not looking at the one league that you're telling me to look at, which is EPL. I'm looking at every other instance of soccer and not looking for it, just randomly just looking up at a TV screen while I'm eating chicken wings and I see nothing but flops. A very old and dumb argument is all I'm saying. (laughs) Sunday in Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights, Aaron, obviously this one's going to be a rough ride for the San Jose Sharks. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think we know the guys to look out for, but for those folks that may be tuning in who aren't, uh, necessarily, uh, from the Bay area or uh, attuned to this rivalry, uh, who are some of the biggest guns that the Vegas golden Knights have to, to have well, to, uh, to offer? They got Jack Eichel, who's the prized possession that they traded for from Buffalo. Uh, William Carson Carlson is actually doing very well this season. He's been like, a He's a good player, but not as good as he has been playing. So he's kind of a surprise. Mark Stone is there. Shea Theodore is on the IR. So it's their probably their best offensive defenseman. So he's out. Um, but there's also Marcia So, who, for whatever reason, loves to play against the Sharks and always scores many, many points against the Sharks. So uh, those top guys, that, that's who you're going to see. Okay. I want to call this out real quick because Super Producer Jason just put the link in the description or in, in, in the uh, what do you call it, the chat here. Watch it now. I didn't watch it. I did see this, and you know what's funny about this? He does grab the guys. So what happens is the guy's trying to, to escape past, and he's puck shielding. Okay, Raymond is, and the defender's got a stick out, and he's trying to poke the puck. Now, Raymond 
gets his hand out as if he's trying to push the stick away like most people do. But in this case, he actually grabs the stick and it looks like he's lifting the stick to hit himself in the face, which is highly reminiscent of a soccer video where someone grabbed the guy's arm and went like this to hit himself in the face. It's just it happened. It happened. Here's the clip. So he does grab the guy's stick, which is a no, no. Okay, he grabs it. And when he you can see his hand pulling back, he's trying to grab his stick and throw it behind him. What ends up happening is he throws it into his own face and then he goes and he keeps skating like, oh, you hit me, which I mean, you still got hit in the face with a stick. So, yeah, it sucks and it hurts. But yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. If that's reviewable, uh, which there looks like they're looking at it right now. But if that's reviewable, I would say, no, that should be holding the stick two minutes, you goof. Uh, but now is this acting? I know. I think he actually hurt himself <laughs> hitting himself in the face. I also don't think he was trying to put the stick into his own face. I think he was trying to grab the stick, which is the no, no and throw it to the side. But, uh, that's just I'm not sh- where it I'm went. sure he thought the blade was sticking the other way. Cause the blade was sticking the other way and he was throwing it off. It wouldn't hit him. He wasn't paying attention. Potentially. So well, while all this- yes, that is, uh, quite a, a goofy thing. And yes, grabbing the stick again, illegal. Uh, not something that you can do. So uh, high sticking is now reviewable in the NHL. I don't know if you knew that. I think high sticking, if it draws blood, isn't it? Not just draws blood, but if if there's a high stick, they can review it. Because if it's draw blood, you're going to know it draws blood. But they can go back and look now that if it was a high stick or not, or if it was oh. somebody else's stick, like their own player or something, like a teammate. Yeah. Um, Remember in the old of- days, people used to bite their lip to draw blood. <laughs> So they can get the extra two minutes. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> We've grown since then, Aaron. We've grown. Uh, soccer has not. Okay. So anyway, uh, Sharks Pride. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Sharks Pride Night. We have a graphic here. Aaron, uh, once you're done taking a sip of that water there, why don't you let everybody know all about Sharks uh, <clears throat> Pride now, n- uh, Night. Now, uh, this again, um, it- it's not that... Pride nights are completely canceled or anything like that. It's just that they're not allowed to wear the jersey, uh, right? So there's still lots of things that are going on. So again, let everybody know all about uh, the night that's going to be happening here. Uh, Sharks Pride Night. Let me put the graphic up. Saturday, January 27th, um, 11 a.m. to 1230. It's at the AC Hotel in downtown San Jose, which is that, I don't know if you've been there. It's pretty nice. It's the new one, I believe, right across from... um, uh, Comerica Bank race to work. Um, there's a pregame drag show, DJ, special guests, and you can park at the hotel and walk to SAP Center. It's very close. It's basically right on the other side of 87 from the arena. Um, the Sharks are playing the Buffalo Sabres at 1 p.m., so it is a day game. Um, and it's also a theme. Oh, there you go. The theme night is a reversible Sharks Pride bucket hat. And I had no idea because I'm not as cool or hip as you paul but bucket hats are back in style and uh that is a very fashionable one that it looks pretty cool and i want to get one hey buddy um, rest assured i am not cool nor hip either <laughs> after the game there's an on ice group photo now paul and i and super producer jason went did we go last season we've been twice i believe i think season did before season before i think season um, before yeah, this event will definitely sell out. Oh, I was there last year. Me and, me and Jason went last year. I think you were out of town. And the year before, all three of us went. Or the year before, last year. Um, 
So yeah, this ticket definitely does sell out. Tickets range from $33 to $73. 33 puts you in sections 224, 225, and 73 will get you down lower bowl on 126. A portion of each ticket purchased through this link will benefit Silicon Valley Pride. And I believe the link will be, he'll probably put it in the comments and also in the info below. Um, and if you can't attend and you would like to donate to Pride, there's also a link, svpride.com slash donate. Um, oh, and I'll say it out loud. Sorry. sjsharks.com slash sjsharks is the link for tickets um, for those on the podcast that aren't watching. Perhaps we can figure out a way to just put that in a description of sorts in the podcast. Maybe. So people yeah, listening can just but... look. Well, Shang, if I knew that answer, then I wouldn't have, uh, we would have started off better. <laughs> God, I love the new clips. Oh, so good. Okay. Um, Aaron, I think that does wrap up the show here. Um, oh, wait, Paul, are you going to yeah. go to that game? Are you planning on going to the game? The Pride uh, game. It's January 27th. That's way too far in the future, buddy. Way too far in the future. <laughs> When I'll buy my twenty-fifth. Let me know. I I don't think we'll be out of town, so I will I will most likely be there. Very good. And and again, for anybody who's uh listening or or watching us right now, uh if you happen to go to any of these uh these events and you know that we're gonna be there, please feel free, reach out, uh send us a message on any of our social platforms. And if we see it, we would uh, love to have, to meet up with you outside of a section somewhere. Uh, especially if you have popcorn, Aaron likes popcorn. So uh, there you go. And now he doesn't really like the popcorn. You really, you don't like it, huh? What's Not wrong really, with the popcorn? Like the kernels getting stuck in my teeth. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to hear about freaking fragile. Okay. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. Okay. Well, super producer Jason will be there. He says, so there you go. Peter St. John. Thanks boys for another fun show. Hey, Peter St. John. Thank you for being here and helping it be a fun show. Again, this is really, uh, it, it's something that Aaron and I enjoy doing, but it's a lot better when we've got you guys uh, in the chat, giving us some comments, giving us some feedback. The roll call is always fun. So we do appreciate uh, you guys being a part of the show as much as us. Now, one thing I'd love to, to have be a part of this show uh, is a set, a physical set. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron thinks that this is going to happen uh, potentially this weekend. Again, we've got actual parts of the set in transit uh, from one place to another to the final destination. It's a matter of whether or not it's all going to get pieced together in time. Uh, so hopefully if all that can happen by uh, this time next week, we'll be talking to you from said new set. Otherwise, I can't imagine it's going to be much longer than that. And we do appreciate all the patience uh, that you guys have had with us. Obviously, we're just making it kind of uh, a fun little joke kind of thing going on right now. But uh, absolutely, 100%, it is coming. And I just heard from Super Producer Jason that the desk portion is done as well. I mean, the set is basically, Aaron, put together other than it being actually put together, right? Uh, or it's at his house and it is put together because right now the... It's hard to explain it, but the legs weren't on it yet. So I don't know if that's done yet. It's got legs and it knows how to use them. I guess we'll end with that. Guys, thank you again so much for being here. We do appreciate you. And if you guys did happen to pop over to thefinfactor.com and support the show with the purchase of a hat, shirt, or whatever else, I want to say thank you uh, once again for that. So for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week from the set. Next week, Aaron, don't say from the set because you just don't know. But we will see you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.
Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.